Welcome to I Love Palm Beach. We talk about everything Palm Beach County, Florida has to offer and why you should make it your home. We are a team of real estate professionals who love where we live, and we want to show you why you will love Palm Beach too. You'll learn about our hobbies and our lifestyle stories for fun and amazing things to do. Follow in our search for stories to find the best of. Whether it's a specific food or service, Palm Beach has it all and does it bigger and better. Or follow our local hero stories to discover the amazing people who call Palm Beach home. And now, here's your host, Rebecca Giacoba. Um, hello, everybody. I'm here today with um, local personality and humorist, Susan Goldfine, and she's from Palm Beach. And she does some interesting things, but she's written a couple books. She has a blog. Her blog is called SusanUnfilteredWit.com for anybody that'd like to go on it. And um, I'd like her to talk about, first of all, how she ended up in Palm Beach County. She tells me it's a typical story, but for some reason, I don't think so. Just having met her recently, I don't think anything is a typical story. Well, so would you... I hope I, I hope I don't disappoint my story. <laughs> my story is pretty typical, I think, for my age group. Mm -hmm. um, no, I'm, I'm originally from New York mm -hmm. and uh, more recently had been living in Connecticut. And I ended up in Palm Beach um, because basically my husband dragged me here. Um, <laughs> he, he had pretty much had it with the winters up north. And um, I resisted, I have to be honest, I totally resisted because I didn't mind the winters so much. I used to be a skier mm -hmm. and I didn't really mind the winters like as much as he did. And um, one summer he just put it to me and said, listen, this winter I'm going with you or without you. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> that's, <clears throat> that's, how we, that's how we got here. And it is now almost 20 years ago, so. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't think about <clears throat> I don't think about how I got here so much anymore. Um, and then once I was here, I had to figure out, you know, what to do with the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. And um, I was I had just about retired from working. Um, what was your prior work when you were in New York? I I actually was a speech pathologist. Okay. Um, for many, many years. And um, I, I had a, a doctoral degree in speech pathology and um, I did many years of clinical work. Um, <laughs> I wanna say working with old people, which, which is now, who are now my peers. Right. But, but I, I did, I, I worked a lot with um, acquired neurological disorders like stroke mm. and Parkinson's and right. the speech and language problems. And, and I kind of specialized in working with Alzheimer's disease uh, population. And right before I retired for, for many years, I, I was teaching at uh, Teachers College, which is part of Columbia University in their master's program in speech pathology and worked as a consultant for the New York City Alzheimer's Association. So I kind of moved out of clinical work a little bit and you know, used my knowledge to do other things, which you know, made life pretty interesting. 
when I retired, I have to say I was a little bereft. Um, mm -hmm. I've been working practically all my adult life uh, with a few years off for, you know, raising young children and then running right back to work. And um, I kind of didn't know what to do with myself. And um, I, uh, so here I, I was in Florida and, you know, a place I wasn't sure I wanted to be, but here I was. Plus the fact that I was trying to adjust to being re a retired person and, and the word kind of stuck in my throat when somebody would say to me, what do you do? And I'd have to say, well, I'm, I'm, <laughs> uh, I'm retired. <laughs> and I just kind of spit it out. Um, but, um, you know, having worked so long, I, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't geared to a life of leisure, which I, I kind of wish I had been, it would have made the transition a lot easier. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I was looking for something to do that I would find meaningful. And I came across a writing class, um, at the Kravis Center in West Palm Beach. And um, I decided <clears throat> to give it a shot. And it really, it was one of the best decisions I had ever made. It, it really set my life in a whole new direction because what I discovered in this class was that I had a flair for writing humor. And I knew I had the ability to make people laugh and I had, I've used that in my work. Um, you know, humor is a wonderful icebreaker, especially when you're in a serious situation, like somebody with a, an illness. Um, it puts people at ease and, you know, it's, it's a way of getting through tough times, like even now, you know, mm -hmm. even now with this, what's going on, we certainly should rely on a sense of humor to help us get through the day. Um, but I, I never tried to put it on paper before. And so it, it was interesting to find that I had this part of myself. And I, I would write these short, funny essays about whatever prompt the, the lecturer would present to us. And um, I really enjoyed it. And even after the class was over, I was trying to figure out, okay, how can I continue this? I submitted a few for publication, mostly to the New York Times. They were rejected. Um, but, you know, when you, <laughs> when you're right, you gotta get, you, you're used to that. You gotta get used right. to it. Um, and so I had this idea of starting my own website, you know, which I did. And um, it's called Susan's Unfiltered Wet, as you said before. Um, and, um, I write new essays twice a month. I put myself on deadlines as if somebody was, you know, standing over me, uh, making me do it. But I've been very strict about my deadlines. And I've been doing it now for, oh, I don't know, um, nine, ten years, something like that. Wow, that's amazing. And, you know, I, it, it started off once I decided to do it. Um, okay, so who was I going to let know or inform that I was mm -hmm. doing this? I needed if I was going to put it out there, of course, I wanted people to read it. So I went through my little address book and I sent emails to everyone I knew and told them, told them what I was doing and said, you know, I'm going to sign you up um, to receive my, you know, my, my essays twice a month. And 
you know, anytime you want to stop, you know, you can unsubscribe. I went to the host spiel about telling them how they could get out of it when they got sick of it. And that's how it started. It started with about 70, 75 people. Okay. And um, I, I'm proud to say it's really grown. Um, mostly, originally it was through word of mouth. You know, my friends and people I knew who thought that I was amusing told other friends and then they signed on and, and, that's, and that's how it, it, it grew. Um, eventually, um, I started a Facebook page and a Twitter page. And now I have over 2,500 followers. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, yeah, Wonderful. so I, I know. And, and you know, formerly I had, I had, this was not me. I mean, I had no use for, it's a waste of time, Facebook, who does this? And um, <laughs> me, I do it. <laughs> so, <clears throat> so my, my, uh, my essays also get published on my Facebook page and my Twitter page. So it goes out to probably a wider audience than I even know about. Um, so that was kind of exciting. It's really exciting. Um, I mean, to the, then, um, you know, to be starting a whole new phase of my life after retirement, you know, at an age where, you know, um, I don't know, I did consider learning how to play canasta, but I guess chose this instead. Um, you know, it was very unexpected. I never expected I think it. it was an amazing choice, and especially being a little older, embracing technology is usually not what you expect. So I know. Fabulous. I, I, and it's fun, isn't it? Yeah. I originally tried to do it by myself, you know, to mm -hmm. design my own web page. And, and you know, and, and then I said, like, I could be at this for a year and still not get it right. <laughs> and, you know, so this is wasting my time. And so I, I, someone was recommended to me who was a web designer and, and who could help me through the process. And we're still doing it together. I, you know, I'm, he says I'm perfectly capable of doing it on my own now, but I don't want to. So, I don't blame you. So this, this really nice guy has been with me now um, throughout the whole process. Um, let's see. Then um, someone suggested to me somewhere along the way, um, you know, that I should compile some of my essays and put them in a book. And it's another thing I really never thought of doing. I, I, you know, I said this, this whole thing was a serendipitous journey, nothing I had planned to do or planned for. But then the idea of doing a book kind of stuck with me and I decided to pursue it. And so what I did was I went through several years worth of essays um, that I had written and picked out, let's say 50 of my favorites and um you know and then kind of reorganize them so that it could it would be in a coherent um you know it would be, it, there would be some co cohesion to the book mm -hmm. you know creating sections and inserting the essays into different sections and then you go out and try to get it published and yes, that's that part. is another journey that is another journey into an unknown a formerly unknown world um and discovered that unless you're a well-known person and you do personal essays, which is what I did, no one really is interested in what you had to say. 
So finding an agent, finding a publisher became a huge challenge. Again, I could have spent many, many, many months with lots and lots of rejections. Um, you know, again, you know, trying to find a, what they call now a traditional publisher to take some interest in me. I wasn't a famous person, but my thought was, well, if no one wants to know what I have to say, I'm never going to be a famous person. That's so right. I've got to take this into my own hands. And I did what is very common now is uh, I self-published. I, I, you know, scouted out online, um, you know, companies that did this and chose the one I felt the most comfortable with. And it was all again by my gut, going by my gut, because mm -hmm. I, you know, I knew nothing about this at all. And um, I just liked the tone and tenor of this particular company, and I thought I could work well with them. And it turned out I was right. And it, now they're calling it indie press, independent press, as opposed to self-publishing. So I like that mm -hmm. much better. Yeah, I'm an independent author. Okay. Uh, and I got my first book, and it was called. I know nobody's going to see this, but I'm showing you. Okay, um, great. How old am I in dog years? Is I saw that and I loved that title. <laughs> and it's titled uh, after one of the essays in the book, which I wrote called How Old Am I in Dog Years? And that particular essay uh, was an observation about growing old with my Labrador retrievers. Okay. And noticing that although they started out much, much younger than we were, how quickly they caught up with us. Right. Sadly and funnily, and that we were all suffering from the same age-related conditions. Right, we exactly. All had, we all had arthritis. <laughs> <laughs> One of the dogs had a hearing loss. <laughs> you know, they couldn't run anymore. You know, everything was at a much slower pace. Uh, you know, it was kind of funny, you know, and um, so we were now like kind of in the, in the same boat. And, you know, I, I wrote about it, of course, with, you know, a, a humorous, a kind of humorous mm -hmm. angle, making comparisons between myself, my husband and the two dogs. Um, and that I use that as the title of the book. Um, so that's how the first book came out. And I would say it was modestly successful because the thing that you don't have when you self-publish is you don't have a big marketing team behind you. Right. So you kind of, it's another do-it-yourself endeavor. It's, you know, finding outlets, finding ways to publicize what you've done. And um, again, it opens up a whole other aspect to um, <laughs> you know, to my life and, and, and learning and, you know, trying things that I, you know, suddenly I was speaking before audiences of women, you know, uh, and, and encouraging them to buy my book after I started talking and, you know, uh, places that would review it and, you know, put it online and uh, things like that. I, I was modestly successful. My, at, um, my, bar, my local Barnes & Noble in Connecticut, the town where I had lived, uh, actually put it in the store. Wow, um, that's amazing. So that was very that was very exciting to me that it actually wound up mm -hmm. in what they call a brick and mortar bookstore. 
right. as as opposed to see how you learn the lingo absolutely or as opposed to selling through amazon or Barnes and noble online or any of the other online booksellers which is unfortunately the way most books are sold right now i say unfortunately because it's hurting the brick and mortar bookstores yeah uh, and i love a bookstore yes so around for hours so do i so that that's how my first book came to be and um the second one came a few years later it was the same basically the same thing in the sense of compiling essays and organizing them so they made some sense between two covers um i did the second one only because i you know i didn't want to be one of those like pop artists who just had one hit record Got not, it. not that my book was a big hit i mean it never made the oprah book club and, and uh, <laughs> the times bestseller list but i just thought two under my belt sounds better than one so i agree I, no one I, hit wonders <laughs> right exactly so i went for the second book which is here and what is the title of that one? How Do you to? Yeah. Um, it's called How to Complain When There's Nothing to Complain About. Well, that's and, so appropriate in these times, right? <laughs> right. And, oh, that was my, that's my dog. I've got three of them in here with me, so. I don't know what's causing him to be excited, but <clears throat> check it out. Um, there's a subtitle, and it's called More Thoughts About Life from the Far Side of the Hill. Excuse me one moment. Quick break. I got to go see why. No he's problem. What is it? See, anyone go out? Come on. Come on. Come on. Look at it. Look at it. Look at it. Okay. He saw a substantially sized lizard out there. Oh, of course. Just had he to had chase. to warn you. Yes, mm -hmm. he had to chase it. Um, anyway, um, so where, the title of the second book, um, is, uh, again, an essay that's included in the book. It's, uh, it's a title of one of the essays in the book, but it kind of sets the tone for, um, what my, um, what my goal was when I started out, um, and, uh, in a sense, who, who my muses were you know, when, when I started writing. And um, a big influence on me and in, in what I began to do was, of course, Nora Ephron. Right, uh, I was thinking of her. Yes, yeah. who wrote riotous essays about what it was like to get older um, and what it was like to be a woman and the idiosyncrasies of, of being female, um, like the one she wrote about finding the perfect handbag. Mm -hmm. and, and, and life would be good if only she could find the perfect handbag. And right. Like, that thing. And, and the, the title of one of her essay books, both <clears throat> of them was, you know, I feel bad about my neck. Yes, and, I remember you know, that. As aging women, we all feel bad about our necks. And, and it's so relatable. The stuff is so relatable. Um, the other uh, person was Irma Bombeck, um, mm -hmm. you know, who wrote more about domesticity, um, you know, and, uh, from a, with a very, very humorous uh, point of view. And, and the third person that influenced, influenced me was Andy Rooney, 
Okay. Uh, if you watched, if you were a watcher of the show 60 Minutes on Sunday night on CBS, he would end every show, Andy Rooney, um, sit there like an old curmudgeon that he was and complain about something for about 60 seconds. Yeah. And I thought, hmm. <laughs> That's a good way. I think I'd like to do that. I'd like to be a curmudgeon, like, like Andy Rooney. And, you know, and with those three in mind, I went forth and, and I guess that's, and, and started writing and continued to write uh, these essays. So that's my story. <laughs> now, um, well, there's actually a little more to the story. Um, I have, um, begun to be published in some local um, publications, newspapers and magazines, uh, monthlies mostly, that are catered to and distributed to a senior market. Okay, that's and, wonderful. Um, one here in Florida actually was the first one who started publishing me. Uh, it's on the west coast of Florida and it's called Lifestyles After 50. Okay. And they're very, they have a very large circulation on the west coast of Florida in many of the coastal towns uh, as Tampa, Sarasota, Naples, you know, just up and down the coast of the west coast of Florida. And I've been submitting articles to them and they've been publishing me now for over two years. And through that, um, I got to... Um, other publications across the country. Um, I'm now carried by a publication in Las Vegas and a publication in the Boston area. And I, I know I'm gonna forget a few, but um, a few others. And actually there's a, a, a website in uh, Palm Beach that carries my stuff. It's called North Palm Beach Life. Okay, that's with, interesting. Which, which is which is of course lo local to here to our to our area, so that's been kind of a journey too. And and you know I I have to keep track of all these deadlines and make sure I get the right word count and you know when when I send them stuff. Um, so, uh, let's see what else has happened. That's enough. <laughs> okay, well that's a lot. I mean you had. Yeah interesting first career and i love that you've taken such an opposite second career and you seem like you're having a lot of fun with it i am i i really am having a lot of fun and then you know when people write to me and they comment on oh gosh you know it's like you were inside my head or you right. know how i related to what you said or you know gee now i don't feel so guilty because you know, right. Yeah, I have mostly female readers, but I have a good smattering of male readers as okay. well that seem to enjoy what I write. So that makes. Are there me... any goals for the future? Are you doing anything different with your blog? Well, I I I do have a goal for the future, <clears throat> um, and that is I have been trying my hand on writing a real novel. Okay, uh, that would be wonderful. Something you know, uh, something a little more serious, something more serious, mm -hmm. um, maybe tinged with some black humor, but but basically um, a serious story. Um, the writing class that I mentioned earlier in our discussion, I continue to take that class. 
and I've been taking that class now for, for many, many years. And um, I sort of graduated, uh, it's called the Writers Academy and this wonderful woman teaches it. Her name is Julie Gilbert. And um, it's a little plug for Julie. And um, she has two or three levels of students in the class. And you know, you start out as a beginner, you know, and, and you can stay there for a couple of years. And, and if you're still interested and you, you've improved, you move up, you know, and then you get to kind of a graduate level. And um, so over the years, I've, I've kind of moved up. And, and as we move up, we're encouraged more and more to write, a, to, to do our own thing, you know, to write what we want to write, and as mm -hmm. opposed to what she um, you know, prompts us to write. The initial course is focused on the short story. Okay. But as we go along, again, we're, we're encouraged to be independent and to write about, you know, what we want to write about. And I've been working on this idea for this book for a few years now. And you would think that this would be the perfect time with no place to go. Right. You know, being stuck mostly at home that I would be paying attention to it a great deal. I'm not. <laughs> I know. It's very strange times. I am I so busy. I, I, like, I don't, how could I live my normal life when I'm so busy in pandemic? But to have the luxury of having this time, you get so excited about the things you can do. And I think yeah. I keep running off in tangents and not getting anything. I know. Like, That's exactly it. There are days that, uh, you know, I have trouble focusing and. Yep. I said, okay, well, what do I feel like doing today? Do I feel like writing? No, I don't think so. You know, it's, <laughs> it's like that, you know, and um, anyway, I, I will get to it. I, I will get back to it. And uh, yeah, I will. I mean, it would be reckless of me not to use this given time, this forced time at home to you know, to, to really, to really focus on it. And I will, otherwise I shall feel guilty to my grave. I know that's what we do yeah. to ourselves. Right. Yeah. And I yeah. think we're going to have a little bit more time, more time than what's being alluded to. I know yeah. I'm going to be really super careful for a while, but yeah. I'm hoping this has changed all of us in a positive way, you know, but I so enjoyed talking with you this morning. And Likewise. I cannot wait to meet you in person. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this week's show, and we hope you visit again next week. Please share with your friends, and we look forward to showing you around our amazing city soon. Visit GiaRealty.com. That's G-I-A-R-E-A-L-T-Y team.com. Or you can call us at 561-203-4661.